Heavenly Father, we want to thank you and honor you this morning. We want to appreciate you because you are faithful. We want to thank you because you are good. We want to thank you for the grace upon our lives. We want to thank you for the gift of life itself. We want to thank you, Lord, because we are not in prison. We want to thank you, Lord, because we are not bedridden. We want to thank you, Lord, because we are not begging before we can even feed ourselves or our families. Lord, we return all the glory to you. And no one is going to share your glory with you, Almighty Father. That's why today, as we minister, Lord, we pray that, Lord, you minister yourself, that I will just be a vessel that you will use, and I will never share the glory with you in the name of Jesus. The King of Kings, let our hearts be receptive to your golden word, Lord. Let our hearts not only be receptive, but let us begin to run with your word. Let your word shine in us and let darkness not comprehend it. We bless your holy name. We therefore come against every principality and power, rulers of darkness in high places, Every contrary spirit to the spirit of God operating in this environment will bind you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Our God says we shall bind a thing and it shall be bound in heaven. We thank you, the King of kings. Glory be to you, Almighty Father. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. I want to share something this morning, and please follow me. I will try as much as possible uh, to speak clearly because of my accent, my wonderful accent. (laughs) And I will share some things, a bit personal. Um, I've taken permission, and God has given me the go-ahead to share it. So the reason why I'm going to share some things is because I want to encourage us. Otherwise, I wouldn't share some of those things. But um, I was even thinking maybe we should go off record, but it's okay, it's not, they're not deep issues, but I just want to encourage us to the glory of God so we can just push our head. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, To start with, I just want you to know that I was not a Christian to start with. And uh, even, um, I think my wife and I, we, st- we knew each other, it would be, by November, it would be 20 years. So we were in school together and we got to know each other. While she was doing her registration, I was doing my registration too. Uh, we got to know each other and that was, that was the beginning of it all. But then I was not a Christian. But suddenly, she decided to uh, become a believer, a strong believer, and then... Um, um, and I, I found it very odd. <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> you know, here we thank God for the grace of God in the Western world. You finish your school and you're studying and you get a job quite easily. That's not the case in Africa. Sometimes you wait for three, four, five years before you even get a job. Um, to the glory of God, I'm 45 years old. I still have friends that are still struggling to get a job back home in Africa. So for you to know how difficult it is to get a job. So my friends and I, after, after finishing our studies, uh, after we graduated, my wife got a job, but I was still at home. There was no job. That was even not even compelling enough for me to know God. So 
I believed in my certificates, I believed in what I could do, and I believed in what my skill. So my wife will come on a Sunday, uh, after church on Sunday, and my friend and I will make jest of my wife for going to church. I will say, what was the sermon today? I'll begin to laugh. You see, that was where I was before. So I'm just giving you um, a, a background of how far I've come and to let you know that if God can convert me and can make me what I am today, then God can convert anyone. Because I, I really struggled. I actually fought with her for being a Christian, for being a believer. Because I said I was going to call off the relationship. So that was how bad it was. But that's not the point. The point is I'm creating a background for us. I'm creating a background and a background for us to look at ourselves, look at each, uh, at each, each other and say, look, if it's possible for Dele to be converted 360 degree turn, it's possible for anyone. And if I've come this far, anyone can even go further. Jesus Christ said, I am going, but I will send you a comforter. And with this comforter, you will do great, greater things. Now, the moment we become born again, by the way, um, the title of my message is, the moment you give your life, the moment you become born again, there's a strong calling upon your life. The very moment you give your life to Christ and you decide to follow Jesus, there's a strong calling upon your life. You are not a number anymore. You might be a number in, where, in the place where you work, in the ministry where you work, a number in your school, a number in the society during the population and election, but in the house of the Lord, in your father's vineyard, you are not a number. So that's the title. However, because you are not a number, you triggered something in the realm of the spirit, now you are now a target. The moment you decide to follow Jesus, you have become a target for Satan. He sees you as a threat, not just a threat. The Bible says the enemy has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He will stop at nothing in making sure he steals from you on a daily basis. And I will tell us how the enemy steals from us on a daily basis. Now, to begin with, our elder brother, Jesus Christ, when he came, even as God, he came in flesh, right? The moment it was announced after the baptism at River Jordan, the moment it was announced that this is my beloved son, and he walked into the wilderness to prepare himself by fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, Satan came. Because he knew a ministry was about to begin. So if the Satan can attack Jesus Christ, who says he cannot attack an individual that is a believer? Yes. The enemy of my father is my enemy. God himself sees Satan as his enemy. The Bible says, arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. So the fact for somebody to think there is no enemy, no spiritual forces, no powers of darkness, that the person is probably under attack himself. For somebody to think, because I'm a believer, I'm a Christian, I do not have an enemy, the person is probably under an attack. 
I was so glad when the pastor that preached at the camp said he faced demons. On a daily basis, they are everywhere. But the enemy that has come to kill and to destroy, according to John 10.10, 10, God has given us the grace to overcome. Not only to overcome, because we are the sons and daughters of the, daughters of the Most High, we have been given authority over principalities and powers. The Bible says in the book of Job, you shall decree a thing and it shall be established. It says, ask, Matthew 7, verse 7, ask, it shall be given, seek, you will find, and knock, the door will open. He has given us everything by his grace. That is why you can stand upon the throne of grace and spit out fire. It's possible. It's possible. God allows some things to happen. A lot of people are going through some challenges. That is not, the pref- that is not where I'm going to, but just to prepare our minds. A lot of people go through challenges in their lives. A lot of people pray for answers. They don't get the answers. A lot of people think, God, are you still there? If this is happening to me, are you there, Lord? A lot of people are betrayed by their their very close friends or relatives. A lot of things happen to a lot of us and we begin to doubt if God is actually there. And we begin to doubt, is it actually worth calling myself a believer? Is this race worth running? Here's the good news. You have, gone, you have come too far, it's too late to go back, sorry. <laughs> you have come too far. The battle line was drawn the day you declared for Jesus. If you go, step back, you backslid, sorry, they will come in their numbers against you. They won't accept you because the battle line was drawn. So what are we going to do? We'll continue to forge ahead. He didn't say we won't face challenges, but one thing that he has promised us, he says we will overcome. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but he will deliver him from them all. If my father is the lion of the tribe of Judah, if my father is the king of kings and the lord of lords, if my father is the ancient of days and the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley, if my father is the I am that I am, and the book of Isaiah says the almighty God, there is Allah, but he is the almighty God. According to the book of Isaiah, if my father is the owner of heaven and earth, and he says, wherever the sole of my feet shall tread upon, I shall possess. Why should I tremble? Of course, I'm not trying to cock you up. I'm not trying to tell you what is not. There is reality. There's reality. But the point remains that we have come too far we can't go back. We've got to continue to push on. We've got to continue to push on. But we need answers to questions. We have a lot of questions to ask our God when we get to heaven. But there are some answers that are already provided for us. There are some privileges he has given to us. He says, I would rather destroy myself than 
not honor my word. Meaning that every word God has spoken, he will honor, yes. no matter what. Yes. He says, wherever two or more are gathered, he is there, surely. Yes. He says, if you are in me and I am in you, no matter what you ask, it shall be given. These are promises. And it says in the book of Daniel, for those of us that want answers, because what I want to share this morning is a practical thing that happened, and I will use myself to illustrate. That's why I started by creating a background. It says in Daniel chapter 2, one of my most, the, the favorite, uh, favorite um, uh, scriptures, Daniel chapter 2, verse 22. He knows the deep and the secret things. He knows that which is in the dark. Light dwells with him. And if you read further to verse 28, it says, only the God of heaven knows the deep and the secret things. Jeremiah chapter 33, Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3, says, daily if you call on to me, I will answer you, and I will show you the unsearchable things that you know nothing about. That's the word of God. Is he going to fail? He cannot. Because he says he would rather destroy himself than not honor his word. Can we ask and he will respond? Yes. He will. That's why I started by saying, look, I was not here before. I was over there. Now to begin with, In the year 2001, I was unemployed. Unemployed. I graduated 1999, and for two years there was, there was no job for me. I couldn't even feed myself. I go to bed without food. I would go to bed without food. My wife then, we were, we were still friends. <clears throat> she would come to my house. She would prepare some, some soup. African stew for me to eat rice with for the week. My friends will come on Sunday, they will finish everything. <laughs> They're hungry too. I can't tell them there's no food. And we'll finish eating the food. We'll start making jest of my wife. She's a Christian. She came, she provided. We'll make jest of her. We'll eat the food. And I will go hungry probably half of the week. And she will come again on Sunday. She will prepare some food for me. I thank God for your life. <laughs> Now, 2001, then, 2001, suddenly, I didn't know where um, Psalms 40 came. I can't remember, I can't tell you, because I don't know. I will wake up in the middle of the night, and I will read Psalm 40. He has brought me out of my clay, he set my feet upon a rock, he has established my goings, and he put a new song upon my lips. Verse 1 and 2 of Psalm 40. I didn't know where I came from. But I would wake up 12 midnight. I was living in a one-room apartment with an unbeliever. So it was so, mag it was so magnanimous. He would sleep on the floor. I would sleep on the bed. But I would wake up 12, PM, uh, 12 a.m. I would start reading this scripture. And I would pray about it. I would meditate upon it. Suddenly, I saw a clear picture. I saw myself in the Western world. 
I had no money. I couldn't even afford a ticket. I couldn't afford a visa. I could not, that was the least of anything I would think. I was desperate to get a job. It's a long story. I got to Finland, from Finland to um, Spain, Spain to Denmark. Then I started studying in Denmark. I was studying in Denmark And I will share this. I was studying and I was doing cleaning. I would clean schools. Because I had no food, I would go to the bin and I would pick. You know, children, they, 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 in, in Denmark, they package their milk in packets, right? Like small boxes. So I would drink, I would take some of them, I would take some, some home from the bin. And I would take some of the sandwiches they, they left, left over. I would take them, I would take them home. That would be my dinner that night. Then suddenly, while this was going on, God showed me that, no, he didn't show me. I had, you will study, as a matter of fact, when I was, when in that vision, the person that, the person I saw, I can still, I can still remember in that vision. He said, you are going to study in the United Kingdom. I said, where is that coming from? That's not possible. It's a long story. When I got to the place where, when I applied for the visa, the woman just looked at me and said, hmm, you look like, uh, you, you look like, it's like your father is very rich. I said, yes. <laughs> of course, my heavenly father is very rich. <laughs> and he gave me the, she gave me the visa, bam. <laughs> I got my visa, I landed, landed in the United Kingdom. <laughs> now, here is someone with a, without, you can't, I was the least that would travel abroad because there was no money. I came from a very humble background. Now, I'll continue. I'll, put, I'll just hang it there. Now, to get to a place where you hear from God, to get to a place where hearing will be clear, vision will be clear, when I talk to some people, they say, I can't prophesy. No, God has created every individual to prophesy. There's a strong calling upon every single person. And that is why we can't come into our father's house and be complacent. We've got to get into it because he sees the heart. We can't pretend. We're not serving the pastor. We're serving our heavenly father. The very first thing we've got to do, ask yourself, honest questions. Please, if you practice um, about four things, if you do these things and you don't hear from God, and you clearly, and you don't get responses to some questions, you see me next week, Sunday, tell me you are a liar, and I will say yes. Because this same thing, I've told people and they've done it over and over again, and it works from practical experience. That's why I didn't want you to think I put something together. I'm using my life as illustration. Because for me, it's deep for me. And I want everyone to get to that point where we are so close to God that you can tell what is going to happen in your place of work tomorrow. That's where God wants us to be. 
God showed Moses his ways, but the Israelites his act. Yes. And when some, some of the Israelites were, were, were prophesying, others were saying, well, Moses, they are prophesying. Moses said, look, it is God's wish that everyone can prophesy. Every one of us is a prophet. The book of Amos chapter 3 says, God will not do a thing without telling his prophet. God will not do a single thing without, prophet, without telling his prophet. The people out there are not reading their Bible. They are reading our lives and they are waiting for us. They are not reading their Bibles anymore. They read our lives and they are waiting for us. It will be easy to evangelize if our life is ministering. Very easy if our lives are ministering. And God has called every one of us by different capacity. The very first thing, Psalm chapter 4, verse 4. Tremble and do not sin. Meditate in your heart upon your bed and be still. The very, this is a journey. The very first thing is meditate. Take a time out. Might be one day, might be half a day, might be two hours. Lock yourself up in a room and meditate. Meditate in your heart upon your bed and be still. It's not about anyone. It's about you and your God because you want to break a barrier. Remember, always remember as I, as I preach today, please. The enemy has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And this journey is to make sure that it doesn't steal from you anymore. So you can be empowered spiritually. So you can be empowered physically. So you can be empowered financially. And when you begin to minister out there, they will be encouraged to come to know your father that has blessed you so much. So the very first thing, meditate. Lamentation. Let us examine and probe our ways and let us return to the Lord. I'm not saying you are a sinner. No. You are examining your ways. You want to come to your God faithfully with all honesty. You want him to prune some things. And you want him to deal with your spiritual composition. The this, the third scripture, test yourself to see if you are in faith. Are you lacking faith? Even the unbeliever says, Jesus Christ, help my unbelief. It can help our unbelief. It's not about how mighty your faith is. It's about you being transparent with your God. Yes. Come to the throne of grace and obtain favor. Yes. Or do not recognize this about yourself, that Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you fail the test. That's the very first thing. The very first thing. Number two. Here's the thing. Before, sorry, number, go to, I don't want them to see number, number two yet. When you are on a journey like this, there must be somebody in your life. It's either your wife or your husband. 
if you are not married, you have a relative. If you don't have a relative, you have a friend. This is when, after, because when you, the very first point is examine yourself, right? While you are examining yourself in a room, get a pen and paper and take some notes. Because the Holy Spirit will minister to you. However, because sometimes when we are hearing from God, because we are human beings and we have blood in our veins, sometimes our emotions tell us some things. We might not be accurate. But take, still take notes. Because it's about you, right? That's where you hear God telling you, my son, you get angry so quickly. Oh, my, my daughter, you need to love your husband more or your children more. Oh, you need to deal with foundational issues. Holy Spirit will minister. Then take note, keep it aside. The second thing is to speak to your partner or wife or husband, friend or relative that you trust. Somebody that you trust. You, it is time for you to get feedback from them. Now, you've got to put, you've got to put fear in their heart. Because it is very easy for us to be dishonest when it comes to giving feedback because we want to please that person, we want to make that person happy. We don't want to offend them. Tell that person, either your husband or your wife, this feedback you have give, you are given me, you must be honest with it. If you are dishonest, it's a sin. And everyone is recording it. Because you want honest feedback about you. Remember, you took note about you. Now you want feedback. Is this scriptural? Yes. Number two. The way of a fool, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. The way our composition, the Bible says the heart of man is desperately wicked. By composition, we don't like being told the truth. My wife will tell me some truth. Sometimes I will, I will get angry. <laughs> yes? I get, I get, I get angry. Even when she corrects, when we started the relationship, she will correct my phonetics, my English, my grammar. I get angry. <laughs> I am an African man. Let me speak it the way it is. Even while we were in the UK. Even while in the UK. She will say, no, you've got to say no. They know I'm from Africa. I've got, no, that, if you are in Rome, you behave like, a, like Romans. Can continue to speak your, your African conk English. You've got, to, you've got to be flexible with it. So, by composition, we don't like being told the truth. Even from our very close relatives, for our, from, from your wife or from your husband. But because this is a journey, you want to cross to the other side. The enemy has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And you want to stop him from stealing from you. You've got to be humble. And here is another thing. He allows challenges, not because he wants to punish us. He allows challenges so that we can be broken and come to him. He's a jealous God. He will do everything good to bring us closer to himself. 
second verse, second scripture, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 14. Where there is no guidance, a, <clears throat> a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. And the third one, listen to advice and accept instructions that you may gain wisdom in the future. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the, it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. I deliberately get the scripture so that you know I'm not just making up all these things. And that's why I started by making my life, giving my life story. I'm, I've not finished, I'll continue. Then the last scripture here is, without counsel, plan, fail. But with many advisors, they succeed. So iron, the Bible says, sharpens iron. And the deep calls unto the deep. So what you are doing is trying to get iron to sharpen your iron. What you are also doing is to make sure your deep is calling to the deep. That's number two. Remember it's a journey. Satan has been stealing from you. You want to take back what is rightfully yours. The Bible says all that the locust and the canker worm has eaten from you, you will take back. That is a scripture. That is a word. But you need to do things that will make you be able to claim that scripture. You get to a point with God and it's very clear. Ezekiah was told he was going to die. Ezekiah said, no, I'm not going to die. You see, practically, if you are talking to your son or your daughter and your daughter faces the wall crying, you know something is wrong. Ezekiah faced the world faced the wall, and was making his petition. Can God change his mind? Yes. God changed his mind. And 15 years was added to his life. Why? Because he has sown. And because he can talk to God. Seriously, I am serious about this. You get to a point in your life, nothing happens without God revealing to you. Nothing. I am serious about it. Nothing will happen in your life without God revealing to you. Amos chapter 3, verse, Amos chapter 3, I can't remember the verse. It says, God will not do anything without revealing to his prophet. Will he change his word? Has the standard then changed? No, still the same God yesterday, today, and forever. Yes. To the glory of God, God has shown me. I see plane crashing, and the next thing, or the plane crashed. Government, there are some things God even show you can't say it because it is not for other people to consume. That's number two. Then, the next one, now you've taken note about yourself. You have honestly examined yourself, and you have gotten feedback from your wife or from your husband, and you put fear in their heart, they must tell you the truth. So, you want to, uh, want to assume they've told you the truth, right? It is now time for you to be honest 
with your God and examine yourself before him. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs chapter 20, Proverbs chapter 20 verse 27, it says the spirit of man is the candlelight of the Lord. He examines, he can examine anything in and out. So there's no hiding place for you with God. Because your spirit is his candlelight anyway. So where can you hide? So why wouldn't us be on, why why would you not be honest with your God? So number three, be honest with your God. Be honest with your God. We've got to be honest. Now this is where you begin to see that the first note you took while you were alone talking to your God, you begin to compare the note with what your, part, your wife or your husband shared with you. Now, if for instance, while you were, the very first point, while you were isolated talking to your God, God says, you, do, you spend too much money on shopping. You don't, give enough, you don't pay tight in church. That's what God told you. You put the note down. You need to give more money in church. You struggled with it. And um, it was time for you to, your, your husband or your wife to give you feedback, or your brother or your sister. And they said, we think, um, your wife says, uh, darling, I think um, you don't give enough money. Uh, you, you are not giving in church. I think we should give more. She puts it that way. I think we should give more, not you should give more. Now you know that point is aligning, isn't it? And she said, uh, also, um, I think uh, you get angry too much. And you were thinking, no, I think I don't. You, do, you, you wanted to write down getting angry, the first note, but you didn't. Now you know you have missed something. <laughs> so the whole process is self-examination because nobody is perfect. Only our Father in heaven is perfect. And we need to get to a point where we stop Satan from stealing from us. It steals spiritually, physically, and financially. When your heart, when you think about something and your heart broken, you're, you're happy, suddenly you think about something, your heart broken. Your heart is broken. The enemy is stealing your joy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. We should have that joy all the time. If there's something particularly that you're thinking about and you have prayed about it and you think about it, you are not happy. Satan is stealing from you. You've got to put an end to it. He has come to kill, to steal, and to destroy. If you look at your son or your daughter and there's something that is not right, it is not the plan of the Lord. You've got to cry to the Lord like Hannah. Wrestle spiritually like Jacob. And get angry in the spirit like Mordecai. You've got to be angry in the realm of the spirit. It is only when you are angry that you begin to do these things with all dedication. Now, the fourth one, you have taken note, you took feedback, you took note while you are taking feedback, 
you, you, you've been honest with yourself, you took note, now here's the fourth one. And that's where the work begins. Request that that person that gave you feedback become your iron sharpener. Now, your wife or your husband gave you honest feedback. Now it's time for you and them to work it through. Tell him to remind you. Because you are beginning, you are beginning to start a journey. Tell that person to remind you when you do that thing. Tell that person to just tell you you've done it again. Because you've confessed to him or her, and he or she has given you feedback. It's now time to begin a journey. It is a journey. Because that person needs to help you. That's why you need somebody you can trust. Remember, it's not about you anyway. It's about you defending and stopping Satan from stealing from you. And it's not about you. It's about those out there that you need to impact positively. Because some destinies are tied to your life. Souls perishing that you must bring to the house of the Lord. So it's not about you. It's about God. It's not about you being selfish. It's not about you wanting to know or get rich or get better spiritually. It's about you impacting the world. Our, soul, our light must shine. The Bible says, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is upon you. We need to get to that point where we impact and darkness around us cannot comprehend. Our light must shine. Continue my illustration. In 2005, I finished my studies in the UK. I did bachelor in business management. I thought, okay, what can I do to remain in the UK? I don't want to go back to Africa. The Lord pushed me into IT. So my background is not IT. Got into IT, finished IT. I was doing interviews. There was no job. I had interviews. There was no job. Several interviews. Suddenly, the Lord turns me to a house fellowship. From there, we, had, we agreed and we prayed. Next week, there was an opening. I got a job. I got into IT. Now, I started working as an IT consultant. Now, the area I was in was becoming saturated. Testing was becoming saturated. And I went back to my, my God. I said, what do I do? I had, this is not, I can still remember the day. I can remember the room. I can remember the bed. I was on the bed. And the Lord spoke. Agile. Clearly. This is not, whether, did I hear? I had clearly, Agile, go and get satisfied, certified as a scrum master. I had, I was jobless at that point. No job. I had about 900 pounds. And it would cost, cost me 900 pounds to become certified. I had everything and I put it into it. When I was coming to New Zealand, I had two job offers. I used my certification in Agile to negotiate even more salary even before I left the UK. To the glory of God, not to glorify me. Remember, I am sharing this because I want to get to a point 
I would ordinarily not share it. If God can do it for me, can do it for anyone. That's how, even before we came to New Zealand, God showed me clear picture. I've never seen, I've never watched New Zealand TV, NZ TV. I saw it clearly. The guy was wearing a jacket and a, a blue shirt and black jacket and was casting the news. I sat on the bed and I saw him in New Zealand. That's where you're going to. When God told me, I said, I can't convince her because she doesn't like change. You've got to convince her. And we agreed praying. The same thing God ministered to me, God ministered to my wife. So that is why it is difficult for me to want to leave the presence of my God. It's like water, fish out of the water. Because I know what I enjoy. It says the steps of the righteous shall be ordered by me. So that's part of my story. Now, have I been attacked? Yes. So don't think I'm just sharing this and uh, I'm living there. No. No. I make sacrifice. Like, I woke up 3.30 this night and that was the last. I've not slept since 3.30. Because I knew I must share something that the Lord will approve. So I'm going to sit with my God and do my research properly before coming to your presence. Have I been attacked? Yes. Are there witches and wizards? Yes. I was, a, I was working at a ministry, and I will not mention the name of the ministry. I cannot sell God to you. You know God. I cannot tell lies about God because it's a disservice to myself and to my God, and I do not want the anointing to stop flowing. So why would I tell you lies anyway? I was working in a ministry, and I was attacked. The lady desperately wanted me out of the ministry. Here in New Zealand, I prayed. And I woke up in the morning and the Lord showed me a picture. Okay? I want to remain there. But the woman wanted to get me out of there. My employer said, if you want him out of there, we'll get all our testers out of there. So my employer was supporting me. So I had good reason to remain there, isn't it? But she doesn't want me there. She attacked me. And I then, emotionally I was attached because I want to remain there, to prove a point. But the Lord wants me out of there. But I was burdened in my heart. Eventually I said, look, I told my employer, thanks for supporting me, I think I have got to, I've got to go. I was on the train to the... Liars will go to hell. They won't go to heaven. So I cannot lie to you. I was on the train between Redwood and Tower. I closed my eyes and I saw her in front of me. Yes. Ordinarily, I saw her in front of me. Does she have extraordinary power? Yes. Is it power of God? No. Is she a witch? I don't know. Because I can't tell you. I don't know. But has she got a power behind her to afflict the children of God? Yes. Can I remain there? Yes. Can I win? Yes. Does the Lord want me to be there? No. There are battles you don't fight. 
So it's part of training. God trained me in that way. Now here is, I'm going to end very soon, but here is where the work begins. And please take note of this point. There's four of them. Here is where the work begins. The very first thing is to begin inquiry prayers. If we need to get to that point where we hear God clearly, where we know things that will happen, where we can defend our spiritual territory, we must, we must start inquiry prayers. Because it is during the process of inquiry prayer that the Lord will begin to reveal some things. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 25 verse 2, it is to the glory of God to conceal a thing, but to the honor of king to discover it, to search it out. It is to the glory of God to keep some things, but it is to our own honor to search it out. So there are things that we must prayerfully get out and know prayerfully. Proverbs chapter 25 verse 2. It is to the glory of God to conceal a thing, but to the honor of kings. To, we are kings and priests according to God. The first thing we must do is to begin a night vigil. It's difficult. The Bible says when my people are asleep, the enemy came and sowed tears into their lives. Now, please open your Bibles. This is where you read along with me. Why we must pray at night? Why we must pray at night? Oh, let me just run through it quickly so that we can, I can finish. Matthew chapter 15, verse 25. But while everyone was asleep, the enemy came and sowed weeds. Exodus chapter 12, verse 29. At midnight, the Lord struck down the firstborn in Egypt at midnight. Judges chapter 16, verse 3. But Samson lay there only until middle of the night before he began to attack, before he begins to fight. Midnight. Acts chapter 16, verse 25 to 26. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. And that was when they were brought out of the prison. Midnight. Midnight. There's something about midnight. We love our sleep. But it's a sacrifice to God when we wake up in the middle of the night and we pray. We are telling him he's in the center of our heart. Why will the enemy in the book of Proverbs sow tears in people's life in the night, in the cover of the dark? Why would God strike the firstborn of, the, of, of Egyptians in the night? 
Why would Paul and Silas be led out of, of the prison in the night? Why would Samson start to fight his battle in the night? There's something about the night. There's something special about the night. And that's one part. We pray in the night and we pray in the dawn. Job chapter 38, verse 12 to, to 13. Job 38, verse 12 to 13. God was telling Job, have you prophesied into the day? Before we start the day, we've got to prophesy into the day. Tell the day what you want. Otherwise, the day will give you what it has got. And the day has got nothing, for, nothing good for you until you begin to tell the day, this is what I want. And here's the kind of prayer I pray in the morning. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I take authority over the day in the name of Jesus. I take every good thing that is in today in the name of Jesus, the favor of the Lord, the goodness of the Lord, the faithfulness of the Lord, the grace of the Lord will accompany me and my family today in the name of Jesus. Every principality and agenda of the enemies is canceled in the name of Jesus. I speak into my day on a daily basis. The Muslim pray five times and they start 5 a.m. Go and put it in Google. The Muslim, they, start, they pray five times a day. They don't miss it. A Muslim man was driving a truck in Africa. In the middle of the road, it was time to pray. He parked his truck and he started praying and caused all that for everyone. <laughs> it's on Google. Type, you type it in Nigeria. You can't do anything about it. He says he wants to pray to his God. He parked his truck in the middle of the road. Highway. And he knelt in front of his uh, truck. He started praying. We wake up, we pray two minutes prayer, and we are off to work. And you get to work, we are fighting against these same people that have equipped themselves in what, with whatever power. It is the grace of God that is keeping us. I'm finishing now. Now, one more before I go. I was standing there, and I've taken permission from Samuel, Sam Hanari. I was standing there where uh, Stuart is sitting, uh, uh, sitting, I was standing there after the service. And the Lord ministered to me. He said, Sam's wife is going to have a boy. And I walked up to him, you know, and I, you know, I was happy. I said, Sam, your wife is going to have a boy. Sam said, what if he's not a boy? I said, he's going to have a boy. <laughs> And suddenly, the thing pushed me, said, talk to pastor. I went to pastor. I was so happy. I said, your son, your daughter is going to have a boy. And pastor said, oh, tell him. Yeah. I said, yes. I said, okay. I was, on, I was driving. I was going, to, going back home at the junction of Kenepuru, the hospital. And the enemy said, look at you, fool. What if he doesn't, she doesn't have a boy? And I was like, hmm. And I go home, and the Lord spoke again, a boy. <laughs> so why am I saying this? I'm saying this because if God can do it for me, he can do it for anyone. But one thing I must tell you, it is not by works, it's not by power, but by the grace of God, yes. by his spirit. 
But what have I done? I've made myself available. I deny myself sleep at night. I go before my God. My wife and I will agree. We wake up midnight between 1 and 3. We make sure we don't miss it. Even while we were tired, we were moving from tower to Whitby, we were tired, four hours sleep, we still managed to wake up. Why? Because I want to continue to enjoy this grace. I'm just finishing now. Fasting is important too. Isaiah chapter 58, 58 verse 6. And while you are praying, take note of your dreams. Take note. Every dream will become prayer points. Every single dream that the Lord gives you while you are doing these things. Every, no dream is insignificant. No dream is useless. Your dream will become prayer points. Whatever you dream about, pray about it. Because God is giving you another prayer point. And that will continue like that for several days. Different dreams, different prayer points. What you are doing is you are removing spiritual layers. And God is showing you vision in terms of dreams. And lastly, you must retain your spiritual ground. You must retain your spiritual ground with all these secrets that the Lord has given to you, with all these dreams that the Lord has given to you, with the vision and dreams that you are getting, you must retain your spiritual ground. The anointing of yesterday is gone. You need to continue to be in communication with your God. John Wesley said, if you set your fire, yourself on fire from heaven, people will see you born. John Wesley. You set yourself on fire from heaven, from above. People will come to see you born. People are waiting for you to burn. The fire of God, they want to see it. Let us rise up. We have a God that is very good. He has given us grace. He has made provision for us. There are souls that must be won. There are battles that must be fought. There are a lot of people out there waiting for the manifestation of the power of God in our lives. And we are getting there. We will win those souls in the name of Jesus. We will get better spiritually in the name of Jesus. We will not be spiritually arrogant in Jesus' name. Pride will not kill us in Jesus' name. We will overcome all the challenge of this world in Jesus' name. Because we have a God that is greater than all the mountains. Bigger than any battle whatsoever. Larger than the largest. Deeper than the deepest. Higher than the highest. That is our God. The unchangeable changer. He is the king of all kings. He is the ancient of days. He is the I am that I am. His words are yea and amen. And settled forever.